Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And we have a really interesting topic today that we're going to talk about. But before we do, I want to share something that happened last night that was really pretty darn cool, I think. And it really opened up my eyes and my mind, I think, to something that is a lost art. And that is photographs. Last night, my sister-in-law, Nancy, who I love, she is so kind and generous and I love her. She listens to every one of my episodes. Hi, Nancy. (laughs) And last night she dropped by our house, rang the bell and left. And on the porch, she left a basket full of photographs, old, old photographs from when um, she, her, her dad, my husband's dad, our in-laws, when they were all little and, and her dad was even a little boy. And there's pictures of him in there that look so much like his, you know, our, our nephew, Travis. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how these photographs really captured that. And, you know, as we're going through these photos, and they were beautiful photos, just really taken with love, and you could tell the the printing that was on really nice cotton finishes. I mean, these were, these were great photos. And that art is lost, it seems. You know, now everything is done on a, on a, a phone or an iPad or or some kind, some kind of a device, and heaven forbid you lose your iPad. And my daughter reminded me that things are stored in the cloud, but so are the other 45,000 pictures that you took of other things that probably don't really matter that much. So what about the, the art of, of just enjoying the moment and embracing that moment? And my daughter, Elizabeth, who I respect so terribly much, she has decided that in her life she wanted to focus more on the moments and the journey rather than just getting pictures uploaded to Facebook as fast as possible and going down that rabbit hole. So she actually came out here last year for a visit and she brought in just a regular old camera with a roll of film in it. And now when she goes on a vacation with her family, they don't bring the phones to get every single moment captured they, mem- they remember the moments in their brain, and then they use that camera to take very sparing photos. And when the roll comes back from the, the store and they're all printed out, she's so excited. It's like, I can't wait to get these framed. And it's just a, it's just a beautiful change in the way people are, are doing things now. You know, I just hate to see that that art get lost. So rather than, and even if you don't have an old camera like that, and you can always buy one, you know, they do make them and not the digital kind to get the kind with film. Um, But enjoy that moment. You know, when you're at a family gathering, don't look for every opportunity to snap a picture and then upload it to Facebook as soon as you possibly can. Enjoy the people that are around you and savor and feel. and, And then someday down the road, when you're Looking through the box of photos that somebody gave you with love in their heart like Nancy did. Thank you, Nancy. Um, we can see family in there. And it's just a it's a beautiful thing. 
So I wanted to share that. Um, it's, it was a really, really wonderful act of kindness that she did last night. And I want to thank her for that. So with that, now I get to introduce our fabulous guest. And her name is Lisa Ferrand. Did I say it right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. So Lisa was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 39, which is pretty young. She researched Dr. Google, as many of us do, even though we're told not to, um, looking for answers. Would she live? Would she die? Would she lose her hair? And in the process, she found out about a therapy called cold cap therapy. It's an option to limit hair loss during chemo. And I've heard about cold cap therapy for a long time. I've just never had anybody come and talk about it on the show. Um, you know, and I know for so many people, hair loss can be emotionally painful. I mean, we already feel kind of ugly enough. You know, we're going, we've got cancer in our bodies. Our breasts have been resized or changed or removed. And and now we're going to go through hair loss. And it just, it's it's a hard thing to do. And I think until you are really there, it's hard to understand the total impact. You know, and there are some solutions. You can wear wigs, you can wear hats, you can do a lot of things to cover it. But cold cap therapy is one other option that I've never actually tried. Um, But we're going to learn about it today because Lisa really jumped on this one. And she also created a foundation to help other women um, appreciate and enjoy cold cap therapy. So today we're going to find out, does it work? How does it work? And a whole lot more. So welcome, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Becky. And I love your story about photographs. Um, yeah. I, I think sometimes we get so busy taking pictures of life that we forget to live it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and then you're looking for that perfect shot and you're missing the actual moment, you know. So, so no, I, I get that. Thank you for, for adding that. I appreciate it. So, at least you were young when you were diagnosed with cancer. Can you kind of set the stage for us and tell us about your journey? Absolutely. So, you know, I was rocking along, living life here in Fort Worth, Texas, and went to the doctor every year, but cancer never really entered my mind, even though my mother died of cancer when I was 11. Um, That's terrible. You were 11? Yes, ma'am. She died of melanoma. Wow. So, um, I had felt off for a while. And I couldn't put my finger on it. You know, I still did spin. I still was working 60-hour weeks. But I felt off. So later, things started making sense. But it was 4th of July weekend. And I was at my parents' pool. And I don't know about you, Becky, but do you put lotion on the same way, whether it's regular lotion or sunscreen? You kind of have a routine of how you do it, right? Sure. Yeah. So I was doing that. And I had been at the pool the day before and the day before. Um, On this particular day, I was sitting at the pool, and I put lotion on, and my hands went across the top of my chest, and there was a lump, Mm. and it was significant. Yeah. It it was significant. Um, I I didn't feel the lump the day before. It it, It was like it appeared out of nowhere. Wow. And... From day one, I had that feeling. I knew. I just knew something was really wrong. I called my doctor on Monday, and by the end of the week, I had been diagnosed with stage 2B breast cancer. Now, you were 39, so you probably hadn't even started getting mammograms yet. Is that right? That's correct. 
Yeah, because usually you start that at 40, and that's the, the benefit of starting it at 40 is because you want to try to catch it before you feel that lump. Because by the time you feel a lump, sometimes it's really advanced, and we want to try to catch it before you feel that. But in your case, because it started earlier than that, you didn't have that, that luxury, I guess, of of being able to have that, you know, slowly growing. So, um, okay, carry on. I'm sorry. I just, I'm still troubled by all this. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't like and I didn't it. have the luxury. And just like you said, so by the time I felt it, my cancer was 3.2 centimeters. And what we found out later is it had already spread to my lymph nodes. I'm trying to find th- a three-point centimeter ruler in my drawer here so I can see exactly how big that is. Um, oh, here's one with centimeter. No, that's pica. Never mind. <laughs> There's metric. Okay, so there, oh, that's a pretty good-sized tumor. Yeah. About the size of a large walnut, actually. And you could feel it. You could feel the yeah. outline of it. When you looked at the, at the photographs, at the mammograms and the ultrasounds, mm-hmm. you could actually... If you looked it up in the dictionary, it had every trait that they looked for in cancer. Wow. And so what do you mean? What do you mean by every trait? Um, well, it had the defi- the not defined edges. It was at oh, okay. two o'clock and not noon. It was, um, I think they call it spinnacles that came out from it. Mm-hmm. There was just, okay. there was literally never a doubt in the radiologist or my doctor's mind that it wasn't right. cancer. Okay. Okay. So then what happened? You, so, so you get this diagnosis and your world just completely falls apart, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it fell apart, but I have crazy amount of family and friends and um, doctors, amazing doctors, and they put together what I call my dream team. So very quickly, we had our dream team in place. We had our plan in place. And then we waited to get started. Okay. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, the waiting is the hardest part. That was the hardest part for me. Some of my dream team doctors were on vacation. Oh, and you know what? I have to I have to ditto that. And for all of our listeners out there, the waiting is to me the worst part. I mean, I would if I have a if I have a test and it's really got a negative result, I want my doctor to call me and tell me right now. Don't make me wait and come in in 2 weeks and tell me the news. Tell me right now because 2 weeks from now we'll still be here and I will have had time to adjust. But yeah, the waiting is the waiting's the worst. I just I just tell my doctor I don't wait well and he doesn't make me, which is really great. <laughs> and I, I always I end up with the Friday test. I'm always waiting over the weekend. Oh. <laughs> Okay, that's not good. So what did they end up doing for you treatment-wise? So treatment-wise, we did fertility preservation. Okay. Um, Did you have any children at that point? I didn't. Okay. Um, And I feel very blessed that I got to do that. So many women don't even know that's an option. Um, I had doctors that knew it was an option and moved heaven and earth to make sure I had that option. Why don't you, can you just give us like the 30-second intro of what that means? Because for those who don't know what it is, they should learn about it, and they can talk to their doctor about it. So what is fertility preservation from, from your perspective? For me, that meant doing a very quick round of hormones and um, removing my eggs for okay. future use. Okay. For and some they, women. Go ahead. And they just, free, they just freeze them then? and, and Okay. 
All right, good. I, I know we, we've heard of it and we've encouraged people to do it, but we get we get a lot of people that hear this show that never have a chance to talk to us. So I think that's really a valuable a valuable thing. So exactly. And for some people, they get to use their eggs and actually carry a child later on. For mm-hmm. me, we knew that wasn't going to be an option, that I was going to have to have a surrogate, but at least I had that option. Wow, so. cool. So did you do that? Um, I did freeze the eggs. Okay, so yeah, we don't have we don't have a child yet though, right? I mean, just, well, sorry, I'm being snoopy now. <laughs> you're not, unfortunately. Um, just last year, we tried to create embryos from the eggs, and uh-huh. unfortunately, um, we did not have success. Um, so my ability to have a biological child has ended, but oh. we have new paths that are open, and okay. um, planning to be a foster adoptive mother through the um, the foster system. So, you know, I'm I'm really sorry that that you had that experience, and you know, it's kind of like life in general. I mean, there's options there. They don't all work. I'm so sorry that you lost that opportunity, but what a beautiful thing that you're able to do instead. So that's, you know, we have a loss in one area, but we have we have life in another. So um, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you for sharing that story. That had to have been difficult. I was kind of expecting a different answer when I asked you that question. <laughs> um, you know, we have a caller on the line, which is very unusual because we don't get a lot of callers on our show. Um, we have Cindy. And I don't know who Cindy is, but I'd love to bring her on and see if Cindy's got a question for you. So, Cindy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Great. Can you hear me? I can, loud um, and clear. So, welcome to our show, Cindy. Did you have a question for Lisa? No, I'm not. I'm just calling to support Lisa because I'm one of her um, people that she um, that she signed up to to use the cold cap. So, I'm just there to support her and listen to the rest of her story. Wonderful. Well, thank you. So you've done the cold cap therapy with her? Or through her? Okay, good. Well, we're going to be talking about that here just shortly. So you are welcome to just kind of hang on the line with us and then jump in when you want to say something. Would that be all right? Sounds great. Okay, cool. So don't hang up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Might not get you back. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, so Lisa, kind of continuing back to your plan. Now, did, so cancer did run in your family, but not breast cancer necessarily. Is that right? Correct. I tested okay. negative for the BRCA genes. Okay. And I think, you know, a misconception is people think, oh, it doesn't run in my family. I'm safe. Right. right. <laughs> Boy, is that a misconception because only about 8 to 10% are actually hereditary. And exactly. the rest of it is very random. So, um, yeah, it's it's... I didn't think it ran in my family. And that's the other thing, too, that's interesting. Sometimes, until you really kind of go the full story here, you think that you don't have it in your family. I didn't think I did. When I was first diagnosed in 1996, I've been battling this off and on now for 24 years. And when I was first diagnosed, they asked me if it was in my family. I said no, because... There was, I didn't know anyone in my family that had breast cancer, but it wasn't until we started really diving in and talking that I realized that my dad's mom had breast cancer, his sister had it twice, his um, cousin, or his niece, excuse me, my cousin, she got it, but after I did. My mom developed cancer after I did, so we decided on my mom's side it was the only one in the family, so that didn't count as as hereditary cancer because she's the only one on her side of the family and she got it after me. 
But in fact, she's funny. She goes, I didn't think I could get cancer from you. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> cute. Um, but my dad's side of the family, I ended up getting tested not for just the BRCA gene, which was the ones that they knew about the most. I got tested again a few years later, and I don't have the BRCA genes, but I have two other genes that I inherited from my father, and it came down through his mother. So our side, my dad's side of the family is rampant in in cancer, and we didn't realize until we really started talking about it and assessing it that that was the situation. So anyway, you just don't know. Um, so, you know, when you get that question, does it run in your family? If you don't know, say, I don't know. <laughs> don't, you know don't assume you don't because you might be surprised. But um, but on the other hand, again, most of most cancers are not hereditary, which so don't think that you don't need to get checked if you don't have it in your family. So anyway, with that. Um, okay, we are coming up on our break, but let's talk about um, how you found out about cold cap therapy, and then we'll kind of pick up the rest of the conversation on the other side. Okay, so we got my treatment plan. I had a double mastectomy. They put tissue expanders in, and then I found out I was going to have big chemo, mm-hmm. 16 rounds of chemo, including the infamous Red Devil. Adriamycin, my favorite. <laughs> It's pretty though. It's red. I like I like red. <laughs> but yeah, I've had that one. I know that one. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. So we knew I would be completely bald by you know day eighteen. So mm-hmm. I did what most normal people do. I stayed up all night using Doctor Google to see what kind of quote unquote witchcraft or herbs or vitamins or cold cat therapy I could find to help myself save my hair. And you found cold cap therapy as the option. I did at 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, we are going to go out to break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to have you talk to us about how does cold cap therapy work. And Cindy, if you're still on the line with us, if you've got some things you would like to add about your experience, we'd love to hear it. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, We protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at Electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Uh, before we come, come back to our show, I wanted to just remind our listeners very quickly, there are four ways you can be involved in our show. One is to share the link to this program with anybody that you think that might benefit from this. If you have someone who's getting ready to start chemo and you think they might be interested in this cold cap therapy, please share this link with them and say, hey, this might be of interest to you and let them let them tune in and, of course, subscribe to our show so you can get all the latest and greatest. The other thing you can do is you can text BF Radio, that stands for Breast Friends, BF Radio to 41444 and go online and make a donation. We don't charge our guests to be on our show. We don't charge a, a subscription fee or anything, but we do have costs for this show. So if you'd like to help us keep this going, please consider making a donation in any amount. It all helps. And then also join a Facebook group that we have called Breast Friends Around the Globe. Just search for that. Ask to join. I, I will, I'm the one that approves those, but I approve them very quickly. And then you can introduce yourself to the group. Listen to the latest episodes because I always post the latest episode on there as well. And, and then also nominate yourself to be a guest on my show if you have an interesting story, an inspiring story, something we haven't covered before, or maybe have, but you've got a new perspective on it. I'm always open to um, talking to new potential guests and trying to find out who's got great information out there. And it's amazing how many um, incredible people we have in our, in our world. So um, do any of those things. And then in the meantime, hang tight right now because our guest is right back here. This is Lisa Ferrand. Did I say it right again? Of course. I'm determined. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to call her Ferrand and I knew that was not right. Well, when she told me. Um, anyway, so we're going to pick up where we left off. So what I wanted to find out from you, Lisa, and I don't know if Cindy can help with this too, but can you describe this process? What is cold cap therapy? How does it work? And, and how do you do it? I mean, how do you put everything on? And what's it like? I mean, I have no concept of it. <laughs> well, let me start with how it works and kind of the science behind it. Chemotherapy attacks fast-dividing cells, and our hair is one of the fastest-dividing cells on our body. So we use the cold caps to bring the temperature of our scalp down. The follicles then divide slower, and they become less of a target for the chemotherapy. That makes sense. So, you know, it's, it's... very simple, very simplistic when you think about it. And it almost goes back to some doctors use ice on our fingers when we're doing Taxol. And it's the same concept. We're bringing that temperature down so the nerve endings of our fingers aren't getting as much chemotherapy, right? Same mm, thing we're doing okay. with the scalp. So I wonder if I should be putting my feet in a bowl of cold water because I'm on Taxol, but it's hitting my feet more than my fingers. So, hmm, good to know. Okay. We do that here. Becky, for Taxol, and you know, I work with so many people across the country, every doctor does things different, but I can tell you in Texas, standard of care is ice on your fingers and toes for Taxol, Taxotere, or Adromycin. Okay. So, so, using that process, basically what we do is we use cold caps, 
um, we place them on the warrior's head and they wear them before, during, and after chemotherapy. Um, some people say it hurts. Some people say it's uncomfortable. Cindy, you want to chime in there as one of my warriors from the West Coast and tell us what your thoughts are on the process and how it feels? Yeah, it, I mean, it's cold and it takes a little getting used to, but like once you had like the first one was kind of a shock and then, you know, you're changing them often. And so it just kept, it kept getting better as you went along. So you just, I mean, it wasn't horrible by any means. And um, just, um, yeah, it, it was fine. Um, I had a great support group. So I, it kept me occupied during that day of chemo. So, it, so Cindy, just fine. real quick to, to clarify, you said that you change them often. So you've got like a, a cooler full of cold caps and you take one off and you put it on. And then when it, when it warms up, you take it off and put another one on. Is that the, is that what I'm hearing? Or Lisa, did I miss? Lisa, do you want to explain that part? Yeah. As the caps warm up, they take it out and put a new one in. We use dry ice to, to lower the temperature of the caps. And today, the system that we use, we change those caps out every 25 to 30 minutes. And who actually does that? Who, who, I mean, I, I'm imagining that sitting in a chemo office, you're not going to have medical support helping with that, or do they? They don't. Okay. So we always recommend a capper. Um, that could be a husband, son, brother, aunt, sister, friend. Um, because I really like our warriors to focus on themselves and staying calm and relaxed during chemo. Having said that, because of COVID, what we have learned is when someone has to do cold caps by themselves, they absolutely can. It is not our recommendation, but someone can do this process alone. Is it much like putting on a wig or is it far more complicated than that? It's much like putting on a wig, but the wig is minus 32 degrees, and oh. it has to be manipulated um, to fit your head properly. So we're not talking refrigerator cold. We're talking freezer cold. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking dry ice cold. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. That's interesting. Um, hmm, okay. So now you've got the, so how many of those do you go through in, let's say chemo, because I know my chemo treatments can be, you know, a couple, three, four hours, depending on what we're doing. Do you have to do the chemo, the chemo cap, or this, I'm sorry, the cold cap that whole time and change it out four or five times? How, what's that, how's, how's that work? Oh, a lot more times than that. Cindy, how many caps would you go through? Do you remember? I think, I think around 23 to 25. Oh. Um, yeah. But I was wow. I was meticulous. Like I did it exactly as Lisa told me. <laughs> so we changed them every twenty three minutes, and um, the whole process, starting right when we got to the hospital to you know four hours after we got home. So um, it was a long day, but you know I. So you keep yeah, doing it after you get home. Then it's so you take these things home with you, and you have to keep changing them once you get home. Yes. Okay. So basically, you start during the pre-drugs because we want to bring your scalp down to below freezing for when the chemotherapy actually hits your body. You do it during chemo. So for some people's chemo, you know, that's um, a 10-minute 
push for adromycin and a 30 minutes for cytoxin. Mm -hmm. Or it might be a three-hour Taxol treatment. Mm -hmm. So whatever that treatment time is, you're cold capping the entire time. And then there's the after. because Just because the drugs are not dripping from the, um, the, the drain, whatever that's called anymore, I mean, they're still in your body, right? So we want to keep capping while the chemotherapy is the highest concentration in your body. Um, for some people, that's three hours. For some people, that's four. Um, we try to time it off of the half-lives and a few other things. You can bet your bottom dollar it's almost always going to be at least four hours. Wow. So, Cindy, let me ask you a question. I'm just going to throw the light on you for a minute. Did it work? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I probably lost 20% of my hair, but I did not tell a lot of people. I mean, I work for a large company here in Oregon and um, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to tell a lot of people. So like um, the majority of people um, did not know um, because I just managed to uh, use with bobby pins and cover up like a few little bald spots. But Mm -hmm. otherwise you would not have known that I had cancer or that I was going through anything. And Um, so you just use your own hair. <clears throat> you just wore yeah. your own hair. You didn't put a wig or anything over it to try to hide the twenty percent no. that was gone. Okay, well that's no, you that's encouraging. Have really seen it? Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't that, have. Seen that's it. like I, I, um, yeah, I it, it worked great for me, and and it was just a way for me to feel normal um, and not. Um, I knew that I couldn't wear a wig. I'm like one of these people that doesn't like scratchy things, and I knew that wasn't going to work for me, and. Um, and this just, I found Lisa and it, it, it was just amazing for me. And, and for me, it was, I had three girlfriends that went with me each time. Um, and it just made my chemo experience pretty fun because we just sat and talked and they were changing the caps on my head. And I had a fun day with my girlfriends and came home and my boyfriend took over and, and, you know, it was fine. Like it was really a good experience and everything worked out in the end and my hair is you know just two years later you know my hair is just like normal so wow that's great well at least it didn't have to grow back from as far gone as most most of us do when we lose all of our hair so that that's good well I'm going to ask a couple questions that are um this sounds expensive is it expensive well uh, when I did Sydney it, or Lisa? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sydney, you know, go ahead. It, I found it very reasonable. Um, okay. I, I only had four rounds of chemo. I didn't know if I was going to have four or six, but we ended up with four rounds, and mm-hmm. I found it very reasonable. I mean, I, okay. I know that wigs are expensive, and um, so I, no, I didn't find it expensive at all. And Did well you get any that. insurance? Was there insurance support for this pro for this program? Uh, there, well, mine didn't cover it. I wish they would have, but um, I tr- uh, I think there are some companies that are covering it, Lisa. Yeah. So Becky, when I did cold caps, so mm-hmm. I was diagnosed five years ago this month. Um, I actually took out a loan, and it helped me pay for my fertility treatment. 
and some of my cold cap therapy treatment. Okay. Um, the company I used actually gave me a discount on the cold cap therapy, and um, but I still had to take out a loan. Um, as more rental companies have started, the price has come down. So today we charge three fifty a month, and typically a warrior. Um, Cindy did four rounds. That's going to be around eight hundred dollars. Um, oh, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem that hard. You no. Know, and, no. Yeah. Okay. And the average is around thirteen hundred um, for someone that did sixteen rounds like me. Around eighteen hundred. Um, if someone does more than that, we max out at at two thousand dollars. They're never going to pay another dime. If their cancer reoccurs, they don't pay another dime. Um, that's kind of where our max point is. Okay. As far as and insurance goes, um, they do pay, but there's no consistency. It's usually um, whoever advocates the most for themselves, whoever doesn't give up and they keep pushing and fighting, they do pay. Um, we've had a lot of luck, a lot of success. But again, there is no rhyme or reason for who pays and who doesn't. Interesting. So tell me about doctors being supportive. Are you finding a lot of medical professionals are supportive of this or what do they think? The funniest thing is my own doctors were probably the last to get on board. Um, Why is that? I'm not sure. Um, I think that she had a patient early on that used them and they were not successful. And then when I used them, I was one of the first in the clinic. Um, And this, again, was just five years ago. And I can remember very clearly the nurse practitioner looked at my family and they said, she is going to go bald and she is going to lose all of her hair. And this has all been a waste of money. And we looked at them and we were like, well, first of all, I'm not going to lose my hair. Although we really didn't know at that point. We had nothing to guide it off of. And, you know, it's my money. I work hard for it. Um, but they've recently come around, but they were really the, the, the last people in Fort Worth, Texas to kind of come around. Now, there's some big um, systems, big doctors um, at other clinics in Dallas that are huge supporters like UT Southwestern, Baylor, MD mm-hmm. Anderson. They all have supported cold cap therapy. So um, a lot of times it's seen as believing and it, some doctors may be like, it doesn't work. But then they see someone like Cindy come through and they're like, oh, maybe it does. Maybe it works. <laughs> well, I know that my doctor's involved in, he was involved in a trial on this um, product for a while too. So, and I do believe he's had a kind of a favorable response to it as well. And, and that's through the Providence system. So, you know, I, again, it's probably just how maybe if it, didn't work as well because maybe it wasn't being administered correctly. I mean, it could be a variety of things, right? I mean, are there a lot, what are some of the, con- the factors that would stop it from working as it's supposed to? Can you tell me that? Mm-hmm. So we never guarantee results and everyone is going to lose hair. Cindy mentioned she lost 20%. So a lot of chemotherapy patients will think about hair coming out in clumps, mm-hmm. but really it doesn't. It, it is a more of a thinning all over which is why people couldn't tell Cindy was losing her hair. Um, I tell people, we control everything we can about the process. We cannot control how your body metabolizes the chemo and where your hair is in its individual life cycle. Those two things can change the results of any patient. Um, 
obviously, if someone has chemo that's less intense, they're going to have better results than someone that has adromycin. Um, there's a lot of factors we can control. There's a lot of factors that we can't control. My goal is if someone was walking down the street and walked past you, would they know you had cancer? And if the answer is no, then we've been successful. You That's may good. know. You may see the thinning. Your mm -hmm. significant other may. But if someone you work with can't tell or your children can't tell or the stranger you get to kind of control the narrative. You get to tell people that, you know, that you want to tell. It's not front and center for everyone to know that you have cancer. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I think that's that's a good way to kind of look at this. Um, one of the areas that I that I have issues with, and I mean, how do I say this gently? Um, to me. I can cover my head with a wig. I can cover my head with a scarf or a hat. Of course, a scarf or a hat tells people I have cancer. A good wig might hide that. But for me, what I concern about, and I don't know if there's any treatment for this, maybe the same concept, chill them down and see if you can save them. But the <laughs> eyebrows and the eyelashes, once those are gone, that to me is a is the sign that you can't as easily hide. Um, because, when you know, those are the things that, that frame our face, you know, and so I do have a little bit of concern about that. Now, I did meet a friend who has been, um, has had no eyebrows or eyelashes for many, many years. I never knew it when I looked at her because she's so amazing, and she says she can put on eyelashes in her sleep now, so at some point, <laughs> she's going to come over and show me how to do that because I am going to lose my hair from Taxol, um, but she's going to show me how to do that. And then I've got this really great eyeliner pencil that doesn't come off in the shower. So I can kind of pencil on some eyebrows, at least fake it for a little bit, you know, while I'm kind of going through this. But is there any solution involving cold cap that helps with eyebrows and eyelashes? Or is that just a pipe dream? <laughs> Today, it's a pipe dream. We have okay. solutions for after. Um, okay. My eyelashes, I could not wear fake eyelashes. My eyes were way too sensitive. Um, so we actually used eyeliner to kind of um, create the illusion of eyelashes. Yeah. Okay. For eyebrows, I drew them in just like you. Uh -huh. um, unfortunately, mine never came back all the way. You know, I was a product of the 90s, and I think we overplucked our eyebrows. So I wasn't starting with a lot anyway. Um, since then, I always recommend microblading. Um, my eyebrows have been microbladed. And now, no one can tell that I don't have my own eyebrows. So, well, that's you know. good. That's yeah. good. I actually did look at a little video on that. I might have to <clears throat> think that one through. <laughs> <laughs> looks a little painful, but, you know, well, well uh, I definitely will consider it as, as something that maybe could be done. But we are actually at our break time, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. 
Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about cold cap therapy with our guest, Lisa Ferrand. And we are going to talk about her foundation. You know, we've covered quite a bit about the cold cap. I think it's an interesting thing. And I'm sure that she's got websites that you can go on and visit and learn more about it. But I want to also get to her foundation because she, you know, when we talk about being kind and doing things to help other people through this trauma. And I think that when it comes to cancer, we all need to play our part to make life better for those, and I think Lisa's done that by starting a foundation. Lisa, why don't you just take a minute and tell us all about your foundation, what you're doing, what it's for? Oh, thank it's you. Hope. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, you know, I've been a community volunteer through the Junior League and some other organizations my entire adult life. So it felt very natural that as we created Warrior Caps, we needed to figure out how to give back and. Even though we've talked about the fact that really cold cap therapy is very viable, reasonable cost for most people, there is still a segment of the population that cannot afford this. For me, it was extremely important that nobody had to lose their hair because they couldn't afford it. We had to give them an option, period. So the foundation was a way that we could give back to those women and men, we have men, um, by assuring them that there was an opportunity for them to save their hair. Um, I named it in honor of my grandmother. She was 93 years old when I lost her and she gave back every day of her life. And I kind of wanted to honor her that way. So our mission is to help women and children and we are going to focus on the health initiatives. So basically, when someone rents from Warrior Caps, like Cindy did, today, when Cindy finishes, then I would put a check mark and let the foundation know that we have a set of caps that we are designating to them for free. So it's kind of like the old Tom's method, rent one, give one. When everyone, whenever someone rents from Warrior Caps, 
we are in turn going to donate a set of caps to the foundation. And the foundation will make sure those are allocated to someone that has financial need. So is it the same caps that she used in her procedure? They come back, they get disinfected and reused? Is, or are these brand new caps? Um, I will let you know. I Sometimes I lose my words. I'm so sorry. Because it happens COVID, to me all the time. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> you know, the timing was really great. Because of COVID, um, it was a perfect time to introduce all new equipment. And it was also something that I've worked on to lower the cost of cold cap therapy. I've actually now had some newer caps created. So everything that we're using right now is brand new. No one okay. uses the same equipment. Okay. So they would be brand new equipment. Um, and based on their income, they're either going to be 100% free or they are going to get them very, very deeply discounted at 70% off. Wow. Again, we don't want anyone not to be able to do cold cap therapy because of money. Now, where do you, do you ship these to people around the country? Because like Cindy, you're in Dallas. Cindy's here in Portland. So did you ship these to Cindy and then she ships them back when she's done? Or how does, okay. And so you can actually do this with women all over the country. It's not, you don't have to be right down the street from you. No. And we do. We have warriors from the East Coast to the West Coast, North to South. That's one, you know, I think that is really admirable. So what does it actually cost you to do that? To give a, to give someone, let's say the 100% free person. What does that cost you out of pocket to do that and make that available to someone? Unless you don't want to answer that. <laughs> well, I mean, start to finish with brand new equipment, it's going to, it costs about $1,000. So do you have a fundraising program that you raise money to help pay for this? We have a nonprofit status pending that people okay. can donate to. Okay. Um, and then just me as the owner of Warrior Caps, um, I'm donating these. Again, I don't want someone to lose their hair because of cold caps. Well, I understand but, that. But, you know, if you have to fork out a thousand bucks every time it happens, you're not going to be able to do it very often unless you're fundraising for it. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to do that um, because I think what you're doing really, honestly, Lisa, is very admirable. Um, I think your heart is in the right place. So I would like to give you like a 30-second plug here. If you have a spot where people can go online and make a donation in support of Warrior Caps, um, do it, please. Um, You can find out information about our foundation on the Warrior Caps website warriorcaps.com or you can go directly to the foundation which is fleenerfamilyfoundation.org and I'm sorry spell that it's fleener f-l-e-e-n-e-r yeah fleenerfoundation.org and um, that's what we do so you know it's very new we're kind of getting our sea legs under us um, but that is the plan Um, And it's actually, to be honest, the smaller part of our big plan. Um, If I can just, my ultimate goal, if everyone wants to send happy energy or thoughts and prayers, um, I want to have a healing home. Mm. Um, A lot of times, once you have cancer, you think you're done and everything gets better. But the after is sometimes harder than the during because you're not as supported. That, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. When you're first diagnosed, everybody kind of comes out of the woodwork and they want to bring you meals. But after a certain amount of time, you know, people's interest 
we're all so busy and everybody's got a life and and it kind of goes back to that. So yeah, it can get tougher as time goes on. So tell us about Healing Home. Well, the Healing Home is kind of my dream and it would be a an actual house. I'd like it to be in the um, hospital district and it's where a woman can go and she can seek comfort after completing active treatment. It's not medical. It's kind of a refuge that someone can go, and there's a kitchen where they can cook healthy meals. Um, when I was going through chemo, I loved to garden. So in my mind, I envision a garden where they can plant flowers or fruits and vegetables. I went there to be a computer lab. Um, we, we approved someone today for the foundation to get her cold caps for free. She didn't have a computer to, to sign the documents. So I went there to be a computer lab where people can do research and learn. Um, I went there to be a meditation room. I want a therapy dog. I want, if someone is having a really bad day because their cancer came back, I want them to be able to sit on the couch and pet this dog that loves them more than anything. Mm, Um, I love that. And I want it to be replicable. You know, maybe I get this one started and then there is one in Oregon. Or there's one in Chicago or, you know, wherever my warriors are based. Um, There is one similar in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I've heard of that one. Exactly. The Pink House. The Pink House. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. That's really awesome. In fact, I should have them on as a guest. I think they would be incredible. Yeah. We should have them on. Um, So I think this is great. Can I I throw an idea at you for your healing home? Because it's something my husband is actually in the process right now of designing a, an art studio for me. We have a little place at the cat at, at the coast, at the Oregon coast. It's it's in Florence. Basically, you just head two hours south of Portland. When you get to Eugene, you hang a right <laughs> and you head to the coast. But he's building me an art studio, and so I've been buying supplies and things to put in it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm an artist, but I think I'm a wannabe artist. I In my mind, I can see myself painting things. And I've actually dabbled a little bit, and you can actually recognize what I'm painting. But I think it would be really cool if you had a place and all the supplies to do that, because there's just so much beauty in the world, and our place is right on a right on the, a lake. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, I got a lot of things to paint, <laughs> you know, like trees and bushes and whatnot. But um, what about doing adding an art studio in there somewhere? Well, you can't see me, but I have a huge smile on my face, and I just typed art studio on awesome. my <laughs> on my vision fake Pinterest board of everything I dream of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. Cool. That's very cool. Well, I think it sounds like you're on to something. So what about the children's program? You, what, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following that one yet. What is, what is that? How does it differ? You know, children are my heart, and they're my soul, and... Um, I wanted to make sure they were included in anything the foundation did. My grandma was everyone's favorite, May May, and her love of kids and their love of her was amazing. So basically this program is kids helping kids. And the first thing that we're going to do is a friendship bracelet campaign. Uh And it's led by an 11-year-old, Anna Kate, out of Chicago. Her mother is on our board. And the the goal is for children all across the country to create friendship bracelets. They're going to send them in to us, and then we're going to send them to children's hospitals with a note letting them know they have a friend. 
Okay, now now I got a smile. Let me tell you why. <laughs> um, my, let's see, what would she be to me? She's my wife's, uh, wife's, sorry, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter's husband's niece, Sophia. She lives in Boston or in, in Massachusetts in Andover. She made a little friendship bracelet and she embroidered the word strong. She, it's a woven bracelet that's pink and white and it says strong on it. And she made that, and she gave it to my daughter to give to me. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I wear it all the time. And when I got that bracelet, I had the biggest smile on my face. I thought, what a beautiful sentiment. And, and, and this is a young girl. She's adorable. She's beautiful. I don't know her really well. I want to know her better. But she did that beautiful thing for me, and it just made my heart so happy And because she sees me as strong. And I... Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't, but, you know, that's the nature of cancer, right? Yeah. But the fact that she saw that, so I'm glad you're doing that. That's Those friendship bracelets, they sound like, like, you know, like it's maybe not a big deal. It's a big deal when you're the one who receives one. It's well, a big and, deal. And I want to brag on Anna because this was her idea. From start to finish, she said, <laughs> this is what we should do. Because I said, you know, how should we do this? What should we do? And this was her idea. So I'm really proud of the next generation learning how to give back at such an early age. Oh, I know. And that's so great. I mean, it's incredible. And you're giving them the chance to do that. So that's great. Listen, we're almost out of time. So just real quick. I know you said it's been, I think you said it's been five years since you kind of went through. How are you doing today? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still healing. I'm a work in progress. But aren't we all? Always. Uh, <laughs> Cancer or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, physically and emotionally. And I think people forget that second half, emotionally. Yeah. Um, I was changed. My friends changed. My family, my relationship with people. I'm a totally different person. But um, I'm good. I am in a wonderful place. And, you know, with Warrior Caps really taking off, with the foundation starting, and then you know, you talked about something at the very beginning, and I want to bring this up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't have biological children. And it's funny, I, I joined the Junior League years ago, and I didn't understand how that would weave into my life. But through the Junior League, I found an organization. Um, they've been protecting children in Fort Worth, Texas for 100 years. And they, it's called ACH. And that's who I'm getting my foster through. Oh, that's wonderful. And here's that's wonderful. the thing, Becky. Think about this. There's a lot of women out there that had cancer that can't have kids, right? True. It's very true. And there's a lot of foster kids out there that don't have moms and dads. Sounds like a match made in heaven to me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is a God thing. And yeah. if it works out, I want it to be a model. You know what, kid? We are out of time. I hate so much to cut you off because you have been a wonderful guest today. I want to thank you. Cindy, I know we didn't get back with you, but thank you so much for the contribution that you made to the show today. Um, I want to thank both of you for being a guest on my show, taking the time to share your thoughts and your, your hearts with us. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope and we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.